Well, praise the Lord. Sound like time to make the donuts. That's, that was old. I just dated myself. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We uh, have been working um, in a series, um, you know, for probably about two months now, or getting close to that anyway, uh, talking about really, uh, you know, living the life of God, the abundant life, you know, the key to life, however you want to word it. I don't even know if I've really got yet a total, you know, title for the whole thing, but we've been kind of every week breaking it down and our key uh, verse, of course, is out of John 10, if we could put verse 10 up there, if you will. And it just says, a thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what the enemy comes to do. I have come that they may have life, and this was Jesus talking, amen. And that's Zoe life, by the way, uh, which, you know, means absolute life. It means pure life. It means the absence of death, the absence of the curse, the absence of darkness, so when he says, I've come, I've come that you might have life. And then he didn't stop there. He said, and that they may have it more abundantly. Amen. Above and beyond. Amen. In fact, a couple translations we've been using, one's out of the message. Amen. If you can put that up there, if you will, I believe, or did I get that one or not? Okay, the message, there it is. Jesus told this simple story, uh, but they uh, had, let's see, let's go down here. Uh, let's go down a little further. There we go. Then it becomes a steal. Okay, sheep. Didn't listen. Let's go down a little further. There it is. A thief. There it is. Back up. There it is. A thief. We're going to take down the part, bottom part here. The thief, or a thief, is only there to, here we go, steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life, which is going to come up again here. Real and eternal life. If you're going to have life, you might as well have real life. There's a lot of people say, well, I'm just, you know, just living. You know, well, I'm going to give you real life. Amen. His name is Jesus. Amen. And eternal life, okay, which is, just means perpetual, okay, so eternal, um, eternal life, um, you know, is just a word that just, just speaks of a life that's ongoing. Uh, Jesus defined eternal life in John 17 as knowing the only true God and the one in whom he sent. And so that's where eternal life begins. The reason that's so necessary to, to share that is because most people, and I'm talking about Christian people, okay, you know, when they think of eternal life, they think of someday when they get to heaven. And uh, what we're trying to show you through this series is that you can tap that Zoe life, that eternal perpetual life, amen, that everlasting life, amen, right now. Why? Because when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you tapped into that. Now, you might not have known that. You might have been ignorant to that. You might not have had anybody teach you about that or tell you about that. Well, that's why we're doing this series. It's to try to get across to you that there is a life, a life more abundant that's available to you and me. Praise God. Amen. Just, by, just because you've made Jesus Lord of your life, it's readily available. But now there's some things to do that assures that you can walk in that life. Amen. And one of those things, of course, we found out that you've got to resist your enemy. Because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We have one enemy. We have one God. God's good, devil bad. <laughs> Plain and simple. That's how it works. Amen. God came to give you life and life more abundant. That word abundant also means, uh, you know, uh, the fav a favor or uh, the advantage is another word it uses. So, you know, God's come to give you the advantage. Anytime you're tapping Zoe life, you've got the advantage. I like the advantage. Anybody like that, huh? All right. So anyway, so the message says, uh, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so you can have a real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Praise God. And I know for me, uh, when I made Jesus Lord of my life, you know, I was in that kind of place in my life where uh, I needed something. Okay, I wasn't doing so hot. So I needed something. Amen. Now, not everybody that receives Jesus is necessarily, you know, in the ditch like I was. But I was in the ditch, and I needed some help. Come on, somebody. So when I made Jesus Lord in my life, amen, I knew I needed this. I needed life, amen. And then as I, you know, became more and more renewed to the Word of God, I began to find out, praise God, it's even better than I ever dreamed. Come on, amen. 
Amen. It wasn't no longer just thinking about someday I'm going to get to go to heaven. Amen. But praise God, there's a life that I can tap right here and now, and my life's never been the same. Praise the Lord. Let's do the amplified translation of this, please. The thief uh, comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life. Amen. That's why I like this one. It says enjoy it. Amen. A lot of Christians out there look like they've been baptized in lemon juice. Come on, right? They're not enjoying this life. They can come, Lord Jesus, come. Get me out of here. Well, that's not, what, that's not how we're called to live. We ought to be enjoying this life, praise God. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be challenges. doesn't mean there's not going to be things you're going to have to deal with. He said, while you're in this world, you're going to have some pressure. You're going to have some things to deal with. But be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world. And I reside on the inside of you. So you can actually, even in the midst of pressure, you can enjoy this walk, enjoy this life, praise God. Why? Because it's available, praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. That they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Hallelujah. I like that. Somebody like, anybody in agreement with that? You know, uh, um, Every, I'm sure about every week, I'm, once or twice a week, I'm going through a drive-thru. You know, I'm talking about, you know, fast food stuff, you know, and I know, I know some of you are, you know, think that's of the curse, and that's fine, but I kind of like, you know, I like my burger once in a while. I'm on somebody. And, uh, but uh, every time I go through it, you know, uh, you know, they give you options, you know. You want, you know, you want uh, small, medium, or large. You know, or a super. I'm always going the biggest. It's the way it is. Somebody says, well, are you going to eat all that? doesn't matter. Going the biggest. That's what we do. Amen. That's what we do. Amen. Hallelujah. So anyway, praise the Lord. Till the full, till it overflows. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, that, that's what I want right there. All right. Praise God. Now, we're going to do something today. We're going to go back to John 10 here. Or I guess we're still in John 10. But we're going we're gonna to spend a little more time in John 10. Now, there's a lot being said in this text. A lot of things talking about the good shepherd and about, you know, a hireling and the difference, you know, uh, between the two. And a lot of, lot of, lot of texts, uh, I mean, probably a lot of sermons can come out of this text. And, uh, but I want to kind of show you something. Uh, you know, John 10, 10, the verse 10, uh, you know, it's kind of like the cream filling in an Oreo. Anybody like Oreos? Only two of you? Jeez, I'm going to have to do a little more preaching here. Anybody like Oreos? I mean, I know they make your mouth look gross when you're eating them, but, but God, something about a glass of milk and a stack of Oreos. And the, yeah, the double filling. Now, John 10.10 10 is the double filling. It's got a double anointing on it. Amen. And, you know, some kids, you know, I watch them, they, they, they won't even eat the chocolate. They just open it up and scoop out all the, all the cream filling and leave. What? No, I eat the whole cookie. I have no problem with the whole cookie. Amen. I know I got different ways of eating it. But anyway, that's the way it works. Now I'm preaching today. You hush up over there. <clears throat> anyway. All right. So John 10, 10 is like the, like the cream filling in an Oreo, all right? The double stuff, all right? And what you have on, on each side of it is really a key to life, a key to living this life, a key to experiencing this life. Amen. And so we're going to do a verse. Uh, let's skip over to verse 27. And I'm going to kind of give you the 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 sandwich part here, right? The two the two uh, chocolate cookies, hallelujah, outside the cream filling here, so to speak. Verse twenty seven. He he says this. This is Jesus talking again. He said, "My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, that perpetual life, right? And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand." That means nothing, anything, person, object, thing, nothing shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one, that literally means not one, not one of these things is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. 
I and my Father are one. Praise God. Now we see here, uh, you know, what's being said here about uh, people that hear his voice, uh, people that follow him. Let's look back here. Verse, uh, we'll go to verse 3. We're kind of jumping in the middle here a little bit, but let's look at verse 3 now. It says, to him the doorkeeper opens. Uh, it's talking about entering by the door, the shepherd entering by the door here. Uh, to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep, here we go, hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep, bids, bids them aloud. In other words, it just literally means they're calling them, amen, calling out to him. Okay, so his, his sheep, what, hear his voice, and, and he calls his own sheep by name, which means it's always personal. Anybody in here, uh, sheep? You know, I, when my kids one time, they, well, not one time, but for several years, uh, we're in 4-H and uh, raised sheep. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Gave me a whole new light. A lot of things started making sense after I started helping raise sheep. It's amazing. Sheep are... It's okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. So anyway, uh, he calls his, uh, his own sheep by name, and then what? He leads them. He leads them. You know the Father never forces anything? He always leads. He leads. All right? And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, which is a praise of the Lord, and the sheep, what? Follow him, for they know his voice. They perceive, they discern it. They're aware of his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger. That just means another, all right? But will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the other or another or a stranger, all right? Now, there's some things being said in the beginning of this chapter and, of course, later on in the chapter. A key to, you know, living this abundant life is really about, uh, you know, being willing and able to hear and to follow the voice of God. Amen. It's key. All right. Uh, the scriptures are pretty clear about knowing his voice, about hearing his voice, and about following his voice. Amen. And, and what I'm trying to bring out through the course of this series, and, and especially today, dealing with the fact that uh, what's attached to this abundant life is your ability and willingness to hear and obey, to follow God. Amen. And so I want um, today I'm going to attempt to um, dive into this thing, kind of come at it in each one of these things, talk about, you know, hearing God, talking about, uh, you know, knowing the voice of God or discerning the voice of God and also following the voice of God. And now, uh, my message here, every time I, I uh, you know, sat down to kind of go through this, it changed every single time. Um, this morning about 5 o'clock, the whole thing got flipped, so I had to put, throw away all my other notes and pull this one out, praise the Lord, and uh, follow this. And so uh, I'm believing that you're going to get something out of this today, amen. So uh, we're going to take a look at these three areas about hearing God and knowing His voice and also about, uh, you know, following God, amen. So with that said, um, the Word says, praise God that um, there are multiple things attached to our ability and willingness to hear and obey. The Word even talks about, you know, that, uh, you know, that uh, you're going to eat the good of the land. And the Word talks about that uh, you're going to spend days of prosperity and years of pleasure, all based on your hearing and, and following. Amen. The Word is real clear about the blessing versus the curse is the contingency is hearing and obeying. Isn't that wild? Just by hearing what he says and then following what he says. It'll put you in place, uh, you know, of the blessing. Amen. And the curse is contingent on you hearing and, 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 and whether you're going to, if you're not going to obey, then it taps you into the curse. Now, nobody wants to curse. Nobody wants to curse. Okay, I don't care if you're saved or unsaved. Nobody likes the curse, you know. And so if you're going to be a person that hears and then follows it, praise God, then you're more apt to tap blessing. Right, uh, Hebrews uh, um, two, pardon me, Hebrews three, Hebrews four, Hebrews twelve uh, begins to talk about even that uh, that uh, whether or not you're going to live in the wilderness or whether you're going to live in the promised land is contingent on hearing and obeying. 
Hmm. The scriptures are, are pretty clear in Deuteronomy. It talks about that whether day you're going to experience days like heaven on earth or not is contingent on hearing and following. Are you still with me? See, there's a lot riding on this. Today, of course, we're talking about this life and life more abundant. So let's talk first and foremost about, about maybe hearing the voice. Let's talk about that. All right, so if you kind of go back and um, you kind of see like in verse 3 there, uh, you know, the sheep hear his voice. All right, everybody say hear his voice. Hear his voice. The word to hear means to give audience to, uh, to come uh, to the ears or to hearken. The word hearken, by the way, is really a, uh, is like a word probably used more in the old King James. Uh, but the reason it's such a good word is because it means to listen in order to follow, to give heed to something. So when we're talking about, you know, being a person that, that hears you know, the voice of God, hears God. It's not just about the fact that your ear has been made to hear, okay, these natural ears, although that's true. We're going to see a verse in that here in a bit. But it's about being willing to listen, about giving attention to Him. Amen. Sometimes it's not about uh, the lack of us being able to hear, but rather the lack of our pursuit to hear. All right. In other words, we're not putting ourselves in a position to listen. Now, that's kind of, it's a necessary thing to talk about nowadays because life's so busy and noisy. Thank you. Everything just goes, 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 goes. In fact, most of us nowadays, if we even got into a place of quietness, we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. You know, sometimes you even see that in you know, praise and worship, you know, sometimes we have, depending on, you know, the type of service that's going on, sometimes even in our Holy Ghost and fire nights, you know, you got to, you know, worship and pretty soon you kind of, it just kind of starts getting quiet and still and, and people get nervous because they're not used to quiet, you know, and it's the same thing with life. You get going along and we get so accustomed to having to do and go and be and just, and just every day you get up and you're running 100 mile an hour and, and then wondering where's God. And the whole time God's trying to communicate, trying to, trying to talk to you on a day-to-day -day basis because the scriptures are clear today if you will hear his voice. And that's the whole point is that every day God's trying to speak something to you. Every day he's trying to lead you. He's trying to call you out and lead you. Amen. But what happens, we get so busy, we get so caught up in life that we don't even give the time, don't bend our ear toward God uh, to even give attention, to listen to what he's trying to say. Are you still with me? It's amazing how many things um, we could avoid, how many issues we probably could avoid if we just listen. Guys, have you ever had your wife tell you that? If you would just listen. Or have you ever told your kids, if you just listen. Right? Okay, maybe I come up with a better one, I guess. Huh? I think so many times God's just saying, if you just listen. I tried to tell you, I tried to help you. The word says he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler. I could have delivered you away from that mess. We're talking about abundant life. Having the advantage. When the Spirit of God's speaking stuff, He's trying to give you the advantage. He's trying to say, hey, there's something set out for you. I'm going to steer you this way and you'll avoid it all the way. Praise the Lord. But we get along, we fall flat on our face, and we get caught in some snare by the enemy. And then we wonder, where's God? And then we get upset and mad. And then we all got to have a breakthrough and a miracle to get out of it. And I think about how many miracles that we're believing for. Now, don't get me wrong. If you need a miracle, let's get it. Praise God. But if, if you're, uh, just think about how many of these things that maybe we wouldn't need a miracle today if we would have just a month ago listened. Amen? But you have to give ear, praise God. My sheep hear my voice. Amen. They have the ability to hear, but you're going to have to give ear. Praise God. Let's put a few verses up here. Let's put Mark 4 up there, if you will. 
Mark 4 and 23, a common text. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear, right? Right? If you have an ear to hear, let him hear. In fact, uh, Revelations 2, uh, in fact, there's multiple, uh, seven times. Why? Because of the seven churches that it talks about, the letters to the seven churches. Uh, Revelations 2, 7, 2, 11, 2, 17, 2, 29, chapter 3, verse 6, verse 13, verse 22 are all places that say, if you have an ear to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is trying to say to the church. If you have an ear to hear, then you're going to have to purpose to hear. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. This particular text in Mark 4, he's, of course, talking about the parable of the sower sowing the word. Amen. And the word even says this, you know, in that same text, he says, listen, if you can't even get a hold of this, how are you going to get the rest of them? So he says, hey, if you got an ear to hear, you're going to have to hear. You're going to have to listen up. You're going to have to build, you have to attend yourself and bend your ear to grab hold of what's being said. Because if you can get this, it's going to help you along the way. Still with me? Amen. Having an ear to hear. Proverbs 20 and verse 12, amen, says that we have an ear to hear. It says, the hearing ear and the seeing eye of the Lord has made them both. Now, I believe with all my heart, he's not really just talking about a natural ear or a natural eye. He's talking about a hearing ear, a seeing eye. In other words, there are things you're going to pick up on and hear that maybe the normal person won't hear. You're going to see things that the normal person ain't going to see. Now, how did this work for Jesus? How many believe Jesus had a successful ministry? All two of you. Let's try that again. How many maybe think in their, that Jesus had a successful ministry? He had a successful ministry. Well, Jesus said of myself, I can do nothing. But he said, but what I hear the Father say is what I say. What I see the Father do is what I do. And that's why he always ended up in the right place at the right time. Is why he always knew what to say. That even when people were laying a trap out for him, it didn't hang him up one bit. He caught up on it, praise God, and always knew what to do and always knew what to say. And people say, well, that was Jesus. Yes, but he said, the same works that I do shall you do also. And then it goes on to say, I'm giving you the Holy Ghost to help you along the way. Praise God. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm, gonna, I'm here. I'm there. I'm going to come. I'm going to help you. I'm going to show you what to do. Praise God. People say, well, you know, uh, you know, you know, works, signs, wonders. Do you know that the works that I do shall you do also is not just referring to signs, wonders, and miracles. Jesus also knew how to, how to fix something by just words. He knew how to, uh, you know, to take care of, of problems and issues that were stirring in families, stirring in, in, in even politics and government. He knew what to say. He knew what, what, to, what to declare over an enemy to cause him to flee and run. The weather, yeah. The point being is, how did he know to do all that? Because he heard. He heard the voice. And he did what the voice said to do. And as a result of it, he knew what to say. He knew where to go, when to go. And we have many times from this pulpit have said, there are many times where we see where Jesus healed them all, but there are many times when he goes into a situation, heals one individual, walks right back out of there, even though there are sick folk all around. He always knew when and how, where and what to do. Amen. Well, the point is this. That's the same with you and me. He's made your ear to hear. He's made your eye to see, praise God. Of course, we're not just talking about natural things. Even we're talking about that inner ear, amen, that inner eye, so to speak, where we're seeing things like we're supposed to, we're hearing things like we're supposed to, praise God. And as a result of it, praise God, you will end up in the right place at the right time. You'll know what to do and what to say. That's why he even says you don't even have to fear what to say because the Holy Ghost with you. Well, how, what does that mean? Well, that means he's, he's, he's ready to talk. He's ready to help you here. So, man, even though you get in the middle of a situation, you're thinking to yourself in the natural, I don't know what to do, how to do this, how to, how to say it, what to, you know, how can I change this? What? And he just said, just settle down, relax, let me walk you through it. And when you just settle down, now listen, with an ear to hear, he'll walk you right through that thing. 
It's amazing how the Spirit of God can flow. You know, even the gifts of the Spirit are all about being attentive and listening. And flowing in the gifts is all about you just being attentive. So that when he, if he wants to use you as a vessel, amen, to make a difference in, in a situation, you're readily available. Why? First and foremost, because you got an ear to hear. You're, you're, you're attentive. You're ready to listen, praise God. Put the Proverbs 1 reference up there, if you will. I like this reference. Proverbs 1 actually is a powerful uh, reference about, uh, you know, about, about hearing and following. Do you know that even the fear of God is contingent? I mean, somebody could say all day, I, I have the fear of the Lord. Well, what determines that you got the fear of the Lord? Proverbs tells you what it is. Proverbs says the re, how you, anybody can say they have the fear of the Lord is because they're willing to hear what he has to say and do it. Because if you're not going to do what he asks you to do, don't say you got the fear of God. Because that, they're two opposites. Amen. Now, he says this at the end of that chapter. He says, whoever listens to me will dwell safely. That sounds like the blessing to me. That sounds like life abundant to me. Amen. Will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Well, how does that happen? How do you get, how do you get some of that? Well, it says it's contingent on you listening. And, of course, we know in, you know, in text it's talking about listening and following. But right now we're talking about listening. So listening. You have to purpose to listen. Amen. So his sheep, amen, hear his voice. Why? Because they're attentive. They purpose to hear. Amen. Hallelujah. Any, any, good, any good blue ribbon sheep in the house today? All right, about half of you. All right, what are you, the rest of you, red, red, red ribbons? What are the ribbons? Purple ribbons. Purple's the grand champion, though. Any grand champion sheep in it? Woo! Purple ribbons. There, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, praise the Lord. I guess you've got to be 4 h to understand all that. But anyway, praise the Lord. All right, so we've got to have to hear his voice. But now let's go to verse, uh, back to John 10. And it says here, okay, uh, verse 3 again, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls or bids them, uh, and, and, and his own sheep by name, and leads them. Okay, is that right? And leads them. Okay, as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God, it says in Romans 8, which just means uh, that word uh, sons of God is weos, is the, uh, he, or the Greek word, and it just means mature ones. So the more that you're willing to, to give ear, amen, and then let him lead, amen, the more mature you become, or the more mature you are, actually, is a better way of saying it. Amen. So, and verse 4 says, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. Why? For they know. The reason they follow is because they know his voice. Look at your neighbor and say, know the voice. Amen. Know the voice. It just, uh, the word here, know, just means to be aware or perceive. It refers to discernment. All right? So, uh, the, 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 his sheep know his voice or discern his voice. Amen. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger or the voice of another. Why? Uh, but they're going to flee from him. Why? Because they don't, they don't know the voice of a stranger. In other words, the bottom line is this. He, they know God's voice over any other voice. So they're not going to give heed to the voice of a stranger. Now, so we're going to talk about know the voice first here. I'm going to follow up with follow the voice, of course. But know the voice. So it talks about discernment, about being aware, perceiving, and understanding, about discernment. It's about a keener and sharper perception. Amen. About a sensitivity to that voice, being dialed in or tuned in, so to speak, all right? Able to characterize who's doing the talking. That's necessary, isn't it? See, we, uh, 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 we may not lack an ear to hear, but we may lack discernment. It happens, doesn't it? It happens, you know. Now, um, again, the word stranger uh, means another or belonging to another or something that's contrary to or of a different kind. See, there's a lot of voices out there that are different. It isn't even always necessarily the voice of the enemy. Sometimes it's just the voice of the world, the voice of another. It could even be another individual that's, that's somehow overriding what God's trying to tell you. 
And they may not even be doing it, you know, deliberately. But sometimes there's other voices. And if you don't watch it, you're giving heed to things you shouldn't be giving heed to. Are you still with me? I mean, there's just all kinds of voices. You just turn on your TV and there's all kinds of voices. Turn on your radio, there's all kinds of voices. Come on. It's just, you go out in public, all kinds of voices. And I ain't just talking about the voice, you know, of, you know, this person here, that person. Primarily, I'm just dealing with, there are things always being said and proclaimed and declared out there. And if you don't watch it, pretty soon you're giving heed to that voice instead of the voice of the Father. You know, the, out there they may say uh, something about recession. And pretty soon you're caught up in it. <gasps> and everybody's panicking and making decisions based on a voice that was wrong. That voice, most of the time, all it does is instilling fear in people, come on, that then creates something. But according to God, He provides. You don't have to be without, praise God. Even if the world is without, you're not without because you got a good God on your side, praise the Lord. So not only are we a people that hear His voice, but we're to know His voice. And I thought this would be good. Let's go to John 12, since we're in John. Let's go to verse 28. It says, Father, glorify your name. And this is what Jesus said. And then it says, then a voice came from heaven. So here's a voice that came from heaven. All right. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Talking about the name of Jesus. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it. They all heard something. So they all had a natural ear to hear something, but they didn't all hear the same. Are you still with me? So they all heard something, and once and some said that it's thundering. It must have been a, you know, well, there's, there's not even a cloud in the sky. I don't know, but it was thunder. Right? So how many know that's off? Because it wasn't thunder. Anybody with me? That just talks about natural reasonings and all that kind of stuff. A lot of people naturally reason stuff. They're not listening to God. They're listening to something else. All right? Or they're hearing something else. And the other said what? That it, maybe it was an angel. An angel spoke to him. Well, at least they're kind of getting someone on a spiritual side. But how many know they're spiritually off? Come on. Because sometimes, you know, we, we can, you know, try to make, you know, something sound spiritual when it ain't spiritual. And somehow we can, you know, you know, you know, religiize everything. I know it's not a word, but we try to come up with our own around here. But anyway, see, a lot of people try to, you know, make everything, you know, sound, you know, spiritual. Come on. It's like the football guy that makes the touchdown. He points up, up above, and they all said, man, he must be a believer. No, he was just pointing to his dead brother. This is for you, bud. Come on, not always. Now, some of them are spiritual. Some of them are men of God and whatever. Come on. But the point is sometimes we see something, hear something, and we just instantly try to, and it could be off. Well, he said Jesus. I remember when I um, dislocated a shoulder and uh, they hauled me in to get this thing uh, fixed. And, and, uh, <laughs> and they'd move me and it's like, oh, it's like, and I go, thank you, Jesus. And pretty soon it just went, jeez. <laughs> and one of the gals in the thing goes, why are you taking the Lord's name in vain? <laughs> and, of course, the doctor looked at her and said, he's not. He's calling on him. <laughs> Amen. Two different 
views, right? Amen. Now, I was calling on him, by the way. <laughs> Amen. But the point is, is that, you know, sometimes we, we get off spiritually. We're, we, we're not discerning things properly, all right? Now, the last one, then it says, Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now, whose voice? He knew whose voice it was. See, Jesus discerned whose voice it was. Are you still with me? Jesus knew who he was. He knew where he came from. He knew where he was going. Amen. Praise the Lord. He understood it. He had a developed ear. Praise God. Now, let's talk a little bit about this. Okay. Let's do, um, let's do this. Let's do Psalms 46. Put that verse up there real quick, a common text. But let's look at it in the light of what we're talking about here. Be still and know. Now, uh, you know, know that I'm God, right? Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that perceive or discern, okay? Now, be still uh, means to stop, pause, and to give attention to something, to be quiet a little bit. Somebody said, well, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you discern whether it's God or not? Well, you have to, it's going to take a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, you know, time and discipline, Right? Come on, now his sheep, see, you can't go around saying there's no way I can hear God or can't hear. Listen, no, 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 because you're his sheep. And his sheep, amen, have the ability to hear and discern. Right? They do. Uh, you know, you may say, well, I'm not there yet. Well, then we're going to have to get you there. So what do you do? Well, it's going to take you a little bit once in a while. Be, be still once in a while. Settle down once in a while. Learn how to somehow give God some time, amen, so you can discern things properly and you can hear the voice so you can follow the voice. Somebody says, well, I ain't got time for that. Really? You just wasted probably years of your life doing the wrong thing. You have maybe have wasted thousands and thousands of dollars because you did the wrong thing. You might have went through multiple headaches, heartaches, backaches because of a decision you made because you didn't take the time to hear and discern. So you might be amazed how much time you'd have if you'd stop and give him time. The word even says that he'll redeem your time. And there are times you're doing things because you're, you've allowed God involvement in it. All of a sudden, it's like it's amazing how you had enough time to do it all and then some. Amen. Put Isaiah 50, I believe it is. Verse 4. <clears throat> Isaiah 50 and verse 4. Do we have that or not? Ease up on you. Let me pull up mine. Maybe I didn't give it to you. I apologize. It says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned or disciplined. Here we go. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. This is actually a prophecy of the Lord. Okay. He awakens my ear to hear. As the learned. The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak. A word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. All that means is it's a, it's a daily progressive thing. Every day. That's why I believe, okay, this is my, uh, well, I could actually pull up a half a dozen verses on this one, okay, that I believe every morning. You need to be giving some time to God every morning, okay? Now, some say, well, I'd rather do it in the evening. That's fine, whatever, you know. But I found that most of the time what happens in that, you fall asleep in the middle of it. Somebody said, well, even when I get up in the morning, I fall asleep. Well, discipline yourself not to. But the point is this, okay? It's that progressive daily process. Everybody say process. And process is not a dirty word. But it takes 
morning by morning, amen, learning to give some time, get still, amen. There are times when maybe you have things you're going to pray, maybe you're making your petition, maybe you're just praying in the Spirit, whatever it is, but you've got to always in the midst of all that give some time for God to speak. So why? So he'll awaken. It literally says if you keep doing this, it'll awaken your ear to hear as the learn. It literally means the discipline. So, man, if you will just start giving him, you know, a little bit of time every morning, pretty soon it, he'll, he'll show you how to say it, what to say, how to do it. He'll show you how to, how to hear things right so that when, you're are, when you are out and about throughout your day, your ear becomes more and more tuned in more and more dialed in so that when you're out and about, even in those pressure moments when everything's chaotic, the Spirit of God can get through and you discern that was the voice of God. Listen, I can tell you time and time, I, can't, I probably can't even begin to tell you how many times the voice is what saved my bacon. Come on. Oh, man. Save me from a lot of misery just by that little quick voice. One of the biggest ones that happens for me, and I've sh shared this multiple times, is he always had when something, bang, happens instantly and it's in your face kind of thing, the Spirit of God's, what you going to do about it? And it's like, I know right then I better be still <laughs> and make a right decision here. Amen. But it's just that little simple thing where the Spirit of God says, I want to speak to you. I got something for you. There's a way around this. There's a way through this. Amen. There's a way to avoid this. Come on. You know, like a lot of times when the, uh, the Word talks about how a soft answer can turn away wrath? Come on. Whew. Man, because usually in those moments, I don't want to be quiet. And I definitely don't want to be soft. But when, you know, and I'm not listening, and then you get kind of on the, and it's like, ugh, I just made everything worse. Has anybody ever done that? Oh, yeah. Am I the only one that's ever done that? Oh, yeah, because I just, I just wasn't being attentive enough. I didn't get still enough or something, and you just kind of buy, you know, and then pretty soon it's like, now i got to dig myself out of a hole. I hate that. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you just created World War III. With your mouth. Well, anyway. But amen. It's a process. Amen. Um, I was thinking of this. I didn't give the reference, but, you know, the word in um, Romans 12 talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or discern what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So part of that is... You know, one of the things, and I'm not going to spend any much more time on this, but, but that's why we spend some time in the Word. Part of it so we can discern. Because sometimes something gets said, a voice speaks, and if you've got any of this in you, you might be able to pick up and say, you know what? I don't think that was the voice of God. So even if you have a little bit of a, I'm not sure, but just by having a little bit of Word in you might be enough to say, you know what? That can't be God, because that don't line up. Come on, somebody. See, discern. His sheep know His voice. Amen. His sheep hear His voice. And then what's the last one? His sheep have to what? Follow His voice. So you may, you may, uh, you may have an ear to hear, but not have a will to follow. Look at your neighbor and say, now I know he's talking to you. Now, that's talking to all of us. So we better, you know, at least wrap up tonight or today with this thing about following, right? So with that said, <clears throat> the Word says that He calls, you know, or bids aloud and then leads. It literally means like, like giving steps. And we know Psalms 37 talks about the steps of a righteous man. Amen. The steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered by the Lord, Right? The word order, literally, if you, if you look up that word, it, it's like it's, it, the significance of it is like a, a military command. So he, 
gives forth an order doesn't mean that everything you do was ordered by God. That's not true. You can't, you can't, you can't back that up with Scripture. But what it is is it says this, that he gives forth an order, you follow it, and you end up in the right place at the right time. Your steps now have been ordered. Are you still with me? Okay. What it talks about, as I mentioned earlier, Romans 8, you know, and about, uh, you know, as many as are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God or the mature ones, praise God. So let's talk about uh, the thing about uh, being led. But what we're going to do here, we're going to uh, close the remainder of our time here with this. We're going to talk about why people maybe don't follow. Because it kind of helps you then give some clarity about maybe, you know, we're talking about following God. I have found that most people probably already know what they should do. Because you're his sheep and you got the, the greater one on the inside and there's that witness thing going on. You know, uh, you know uh, many times I've done a, a series out of at the book of Acts just talking about all the many times that, that God spoke to Paul and how he did it. There's like eight or nine different ways just in the book of Acts that God used to speak to Paul, to lead Paul, right? So there's all kinds of ways. But the biggest one is that inner witness, that inner witness. I mean, you're going along, and that's why a lot of times people will say, you know, I know I shouldn't say this, but... Which means you already know what you should do, and you choose not to do it. I know I shouldn't go there, but, right? Come on now. So I found that most people pretty much, for the most part, have already an idea what they should or shouldn't do. So what we're going to do is talk about some of these reasons why people don't. So Hebrews 12, let's put that up on the board. Hebrews 12 and verse 25, please. It says, see that you uh, do not refuse him who speaks, which means you could. The word refuse literally means to reject. So some people literally just reject what he says. Okay, now listen. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. So obviously it means to turn away, but it means to shun, reject, all right? So the first thing we're going to talk about is you can reject it. You can reject when God's talking to you about something. And that happens a lot. Now, I'm just going to share this real quick. There ain't a person in here who hasn't been guilty of all these things I'm talking about today. We've all been there. And we've all, somewhere along the line, you know, made a decision to reject what God was saying because we didn't want to do that. Now, um, we're not, uh, you know, our heart is not to condemn anybody, but sometimes, you know, we sit here and wonder, well, why did this thing happen? Or why, how come God, uh, you know, didn't intervene here? Well, it could be that when he was talking to you, you refused. You rejected it. You said, not today, motor scooter. I ain't going to do it. And you know in your heart you're supposed to, but you chose not to. You know, one of the uh, Psalms 14 and I can't remember, Psalms 50-something, 50 53 or something like that, I believe it is. It says, you know, talks about, you know, uh, a foolish thing. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit. But a foolish thing is when, you know, they say they, when God talks to them, they, they, they said no. You know, it says, you know, talk, saying no to God. That's a foolish thing. Now, some of your translations say, they say in their heart, there is no God. But that's not what it says in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, it literally says, they say to God, no. God's talking about something. You know, be kind. No. Shut thy mouth. No. Right? It's just you reject. So what happens is now you got trouble, Bubba, because you didn't shut your mouth. Or he chose not to be kind. Or whatever it was he's talking to you about. So now we have other issues. And we're thinking, well, where's God? Well, he was already trying to save your bacon. 
but you refused him. So, how I many know oh, you can do that? Now, this in text here is talking about giving in uh, relation to the children of Israel and what happened to them going into the wilderness because they refused to do what God asked. So they just reject him. The word even says they bite through rebellion. Well, that fits into this kind of thing. Disobedience, rebellion, refusal. Okay, all of that fits into rejection or to reject it. All right. So you can refuse or reject when God's talking to you. Okay, that didn't go real big. So let's try another one. How about uh, Hebrews 2? Let's back up in several chapters here. Hebrews 2 is another one here. Are you still with me? Hebrews 2, verse 1 says, Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we've heard. Give heed, right? Come on. To the things we've heard, right? So obviously he's talking. Uh, lest we drift away, right? And then one translation said, lest you become shipwrecked, all right? For if the words spoken through angels even prove steadfast, and even trans, and pardon me, and every transgression and disobedience received the just reward, how shall we escape? In other words, he's talking to you about some things. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So in other words, we could even we could literally neglect what he's saying. Well, what's the word neglect mean? Well, it means uh, fail to give proper attention to. Literally means to make light of. God's talking to you. We just make light of it. So that's why a lot of times when uh, you know when God's talking to you about something, how many know it's not just a friendly suggestion? Do you know that when the scripture says, and the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Do you know that in all honesty, he's not talking about the written word? In context, he's talking about when he speaks a word. Now, granted, that written word you have in front of you has been a spoken word that now has been recorded for you and me. Amen. And so it applies to the written word, but in context, he's dealing with God is trying to speak things to you. But people then get, they neglect it. They think light of it. And they think, well, you know, surely he didn't mean this. Or, you know, I'll get to it later. Everybody ever done that one? Everybody say procrastination. Ooh, that's about neglect. Come on now. Too busy. It's not convenient. You begin to make excuses. You know, the father's was, the, the wedding feast was coming, and he said, send out the, you know, the, you know, the invites to everybody. And everybody had an excuse. And Matthew's account literally says, they made light of it. Well, it was a type and a shadow of, you know, you know, we've been invited. Come on. And are you going to make light of it? Somebody said, well, I'd never do that. Well, then, you know, when God's talking to you about go deal with this, why are you waiting till next month? Or why did you, when God says this would be a good time for you to go make that right? Well, I'll get to it. Maybe he, right now the grace of God's on you to do it. And right now maybe the timing is perfect for that. Have you ever had God say, go talk to this person? You're thinking, oh, whoa, I've done that before. Spirit of God says, go talk to him. <sighs> you put it off. All of a sudden you got every excuse. You ain't got time. I got this going on. I got this going on. I got this going on. And finally about the time you finally get around to it, the door shut. And then you say, see? No, 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 no. You neglected when he was talking to you. If you would have went and done it right then, you probably would have had an in-row and, and, and an audience to hear what you had to say. Are you still with me? But it can happen. So we know that people can, can reject it. People can neglect it. How about this? Matthew 12. Let's look at one here. Matthew 12 and verse 38 says this, then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. We want to see a sign. Now, who, who's asking? The scribes and the Pharisees. So these religious leaders are wanting him to do a, perform a miracle in front of them. 
Show us a sign that you're really from above. Well, he just got done delivering a demon-possessed person right in front of you. In one of the other texts, they said the same thing. He just got done feeding 4,000 people with a few fish and loaves. And they come up to him and say, show us a sign if you're really from above. Well, some people reject it, some people neglect it, and some people just flat ignore it. God was already showing himself strong, but they were ignoring it. Are you still with me? Amen. They disregarded what happened. They didn't take note of it, didn't see it or want to see it. It doesn't apply to me. No accountability. We can go on and on, all these kind of things, and God's trying to talk to you. Well, I just, I, I, that's, that's for some. It's like God's talking about praying. Well, <clears throat> well, tell my wife. She'll pray. Dude, don't go shoving everything off on your spouse. Come on. Or shove everything off on your preacher. Come on, when the Spirit of God's talking about something, dealing with something, don't ignore it. Flow with it. You might be amazed what God, you know, sometimes, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, I just don't understand why God ain't moving, uh, you know, like he used to. Where are the signs and wonders and miracles? <clears throat> There's probably a lot more than you're actually seeing. But it could be because you keep ignoring him when he is talking to you that maybe you'd see a few more signs and wonders and miracles if you just flowed with him a little bit. Anybody hear me? All right. So people can uh, reject it, neglect it, ignore it. How about this? Uh, chapter 13 of Matthew. We're not too far away. Chapter 13. Are you doing good? All right. Chapter 13 says this in verse 54. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? See, he's talking about his hometown here. Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James and, and Jose or Joseph and Simon and Judas? See, he must have a, see, Juan. Your name in there? No. And his sisters, amen, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And it says they were what? Offended at him. Offended at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, in his own house. And, of course, it said that he did not do many, many works there because of their unbelief. But offended, offended. Offended can be something. Offense is a trap. Listen, you ain't going to be able to have the truth of God out there and not somebody get offended. It's just the way it is. It happens. Now, that we're looking to offend everybody. That's not our point. We better not be thinking that way. But the point is this, to think that there's not going to be opportunity for offense out there is kind of crazy. It's going to be around because you stand for something that the world don't stand for. But there are a lot of people that won't follow God, won't give heed to God because they're too offended. Offended at God, offended at people. Come on, grow up, get past it. You as believers, you ought to be beyond this. Come on now. Listen, we've all, listen, I said, listen, we've all been offended. And we've all offended. That is no excuse for you to not follow God. In fact, usually when you're offended, the Spirit of God is telling you to stop being offended. There's a lot of reasons why people won't follow. Reject it. They neglect it. They ignore it. They're offended. They find fault in everything. They find an excuse for everything to justify the way they feel. Now, I don't know if you, you know, sometimes I feel like he really don't give a rip what I think. Have you ever felt that way? I mean, I'm trying to tell him why I feel the way I feel. He's, it's like he ain't even giving attention to any of it. 
I'm like, God, I try to go back over the story again. God, don't you? Well, I could be offended at that. Or I could say, you're right. Get past it. Move on. Grow up. Come on now. Look at your neighbors. They don't get offended. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, some of you could have been offended at me saying that. That's true. It happens. We're in Matthew. Go to Matthew 7 real quick. Let's look at that. I just soon wrap this up, okay? Is that okay? So, real quick, Matthew 7. Here's another one. 26 and 27 says this. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, It'd be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And remember, we're talking about toward life, leading this abundant life. Well, part of what happens a lot of times is people just make foolish decisions. They're irrational, void of sound judgment. Come on. We can go to Proverbs and hang out in Proverbs all the rest of the day, talk about verses that deal with what it means to be a fool. And almost all of it, somewhere along the line, deals with the fact that you just won't give heed to something you're hearing. So it becomes foolish. That's why I brought out, you know, like in uh, Psalms 14, you know, it says, uh, you know, fool says no to God. Fool in his heart says no to God. All right? Amen. And, I, and you know, it's, it's amazing because it says in his heart. So you may not even have voiced it out your mouth, but inside you're going, uh-uh. Mm-mm, can't make me. It's like you're trying to spoon feed that kid, you know, something. Yeah. Come on, I want, come on, this is, you need this. You need to hear this. Nope, 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 nope. Well, anyway, okay, so you can be foolish. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know, is he talking to you? <laughs> huh? It means to act without discretion or any kind of regard to divine order is what it means. Isn't that good? Well, that's good. Acting without discretion or any regard to divine order. So God set up things at work. And when you choose just to do the opposite, it don't worketh like it shouldeth. Just done. Last one. John 14. We're going to close. We started with John. We're going to end with John. John 14. If you got an ear to hear, praise God, we'll let you go here in a few minutes. But if you don't have an ear to hear, I'm going to be here for an hour. You got an ear to hear? All right, praise the Lord. Well, anyway, verse 15, John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. The word commandment here just means injunctions or orders. It means literally an authoritative uh, prescription. A formula or remedy. Just means, so a lot of times when people see the word commandment, they instantly start thinking, you know, the Ten Commandments or something like that. And it's really just talking about when he begins to speak something to you. Amen. See, it's not a, it's not a friendly suggestion. It's, it's a command by him. Walk in love. Forgive. Right? Stop worrying. You know, when he says things to you, right? Uh, be a blessing here. Help. Be kind or whatever. Considered or whatever he talks to you about. All right? It, it, so if you love him, uh, you'll do it, right? Just verse 23, look at this real quick. Jesus answered said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. It talks about, you know, abundant life here. He who does not love me does not keep my word, won't follow. And the word which, your heart, which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. In other words, this is all from God. So the point... This text, these two texts here is talking about if you love God. So maybe, maybe it's not about you reject, neglect, ignore, offended, foolish. Maybe you just don't love God enough. Now, the word love is not the word agape, which, you know, the word says, uh, you know, for God so loved, amen, and God is love. That's agape, which means unconditional love. But this word agape Mean it's agapeo, which means a committed, a total commitment unto. Right? So there's a commitment. If you love God, this we're here talking about if you're committed, then you'll do what he asks you to do. If you're committed. 
I mean, if you're in, if you're all in. A lot of people are not all in. A lot of people are only as in as they want to be. Or need to be. Or what's convenient at the moment. Some people are more in when all of a sudden their back's against the wall. and Help! All of a sudden they're all in. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Same word. Be committed in every area of your life. You get committed, step over that, that, into that total commitment area, praise God. Crown Him King in every area of your life. Guess what? It works. It just works. Romans 8 and 28 <clears throat> says, And we know that all things work together for good, right, to those who... What word's that? Agapeo. <clears throat> So, you know, he just got in talking about relying on the Holy Ghost. And then he said, listen, if all things are going to work together, but you're going to have to be committed to this. All things are working together. Those who love God are committed. If you're in this thing, it's going to work. It always works when you're committed. When you're playing games, riding the fence, can't make up your mind whether you're going to serve God or not, it's amazing how much stuff you miss out on. But if you stay with it, Stay locked on. Stay committed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Follow Him. Praise God with all your heart. You'll be amazed at how much God shows Himself strong on your behalf. Praise God. And how many things actually do work out. Amen. Because you stayed with it, stuck with it. Amen. Didn't turn your back on it. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on now. Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Appreciate you giving me a few extra minutes there to Kind of finish that up and hallelujah. His sheep know his voice, hear his voice, and follow his voice. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we give praise and glory today. We're thankful for your word and these principles we heard today and thank you for a people of God that not only had an ear to hear today but Lord that willed, that's yielded and submitted to that. Forgive us for the times that maybe we ignored or rejected you and maybe somehow turned our back you know, on what you were saying due to whatever reason but we know that you're faithful and just to forgive and we receive that and thank you for it. So, Father, we choose today to be a people that hear your voice and follow your voice because we've discerned it's your voice and not the voice of another. And so, Father, I give you praise and I give you glory. Hallelujah. For a people, hallelujah, that yield to you your voice and all your biddings. For that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.